Welcome everyone to the Thanksgiving Day preview show with a little bit of Black Friday action sprinkled in there from the 33rd team. We're going to be talking betting and DFS for each of these four games. We'll talk about how to approach just the general Thanksgiving DFS slate for those three games, discuss some matchups, and you might even get a few underdog fantasy higher lower picks along the way. We're going to dive right in. I'm Josh Larkey. He's Ryan Reynolds, and on my other side is Jordan Vanek. Let's talk about Green Bay at Detroit. A nice little divisional matchup in the NFC North. The game total is pretty healthy at 47.5 points, and the Lions are now more than touchdown favorites. It is minus 7.5. This might be our actual best game of the slate. Ryan, what, what are you looking for on the Green Bay side here? Yeah, I I don't have very much confidence in the Packers offense whatsoever. So from a from a, a lines play standpoint, Packers offensive lines okay. The I wouldn't frame the Lions pass rush as a premium pass rush, but they do beat up on weaker units. So and they've surged a few times over the past couple of years. I could see that happening in this spot. I don't I don't really have any faith in the Packers offense though in general. Yeah, a couple notes for the Packers. Uh, Aaron Jones almost certainly missing this game. Third string running back Emmanuel Wilson is also hurt. So it's going to be uh, most likely a big A.J. Dillon. Healthy dose of him on Thanksgiving. Jordan, let's talk about the Packers from a DFS perspective. Do you share similar sentiment to Ryan that there's uh, not much excitement to be had from this team in particular? Well, there's not much excitement as like a overall explosion game for them here. But in a three-game slate, they're they're not expensive like romeo dobbs is the highest price receiver at 5k and like from a matchup standpoint detroit the first time they played ran two coverages at a 70 percent clip they were comfortable staying in these coverages because the coverage i mean the defense line is winning and getting there and against these two specific coverages which is cover four and cover three sky romeo dobbs has a 30 percent target share and a 43 percent target share he's been targeted on all the routes pretty much against this look. He's not going to be extremely popular this week because, again, again, you just said it best. They're not exactly a great team, but they're going to be losing. They're going to be throwing, and Romeo Dobbs should be on the receiving end there. Let's now turn to the Detroit Lions side of things. A lot more excitement here. We have the dual running back tandem. Jameson Williams starting to get a little bit more involved. Amon Ross St. Brown, our co-worker, is having a phenomenal third season. Ryan, what are you looking for out of this Packers or out of this uh, Lions team at home? Lions have arguably the best offensive line in football. Green Bay is a weak run defense. I think this is a David Montgomery game personally, especially when if they play in a positive game script like we expect. Um, in general, Detroit can be, they probably have the most well balanced offense in the league, top five in passing yards, top five in rushing yards. So they technically can beat you in either phase, but I like David Montgomery in particular in this matchup. Jordan, do you have a preference out of the the two running backs for DFS, and what are their what are their prices? Uh, Dave Montgomery is at sixty three, and Jameer Gibbs is sixty eight. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, to me, just from an explosion standpoint, I felt like Eckler had carries where he could have break broken the long run. He couldn't get up to the top speed. I don't know if he's playing through still that ankle injury or what the case is, but there were a few carries last week, and that could have been fifty plus yard touchdowns that he pulled back on. That obviously is Gibbs, but on again, on the three-game slate, you can get different by playing both of them. They both have avenues to be great players in this matchup. They both have produced in the last two weeks with 
the roles that they're getting. And it's kind of taken away from that passing offense. Like Laporta has been less, I guess, boom lately. And it's nothing about him. It's just the situation they have at that running back position and guys like Jameson Williams coming to lineup. Um, for me at receiver with the Detroit Lions, if you think back to all the drops the, the Chargers just had, Jamison Williams on those routes seemed to be the guy that would win and win down the field. If you get Jair back for the Packers, I think he's got a shadow of Monroe, which should open the door for Jamison Williams. And again, these running backs are both fine plays in DFS. And then looking at the quarterback position, Jordan, do you have any interest in Jared Goff stack specifically, or are we going to wait till potentially the next game to discuss I, who's going to really be heavily in your quarterback pool? I don't love Jared Goff this week just because they're going to be able to beat him on the ground. And it's they played on what, like 60 hours of game planning? Jared Goff's coming off his worst day as a passer. They know they don't have to throw the ball to beat this squad. I think it's going to be a heavy day on the ground. And, like, I expect Goff to probably put up, like, a 200 to, you know, one touchdown or two touchdowns maybe, but mostly getting it done on the ground. So not much interest in Goff. I agree there. Folks, we're sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Promo code 33RD33. You get your 100% deposit match up to $100. We're going to be building a pick'em entry throughout this show. And the first entry is going to be Jordan Love higher than 35 and a half, 30, sorry, whew, higher than 33 and a half passing attempts. The Packers are seven and a half point underdogs. Game scripts in their favor to throw the ball. As I mentioned before, two of their three running backs are injured. It's all A.J. Dillon. He just had 51 snaps, 18 touches on Sunday. Now he plays four days later. Quarterbacks against Detroit are seven and three on the higher. The three who missed were Justin Fields. He ran 18 times this past week and had positive game script. Jimmy Garoppolo in the disastrous Monday night football game where the whole coaching staff got fired. And then Lamar Jackson, who is also highly mobile like Justin Fields. Underdog fantasy promo code 33rd. Jordan Love higher than 33 and a half passing attempts. Guys, any final thoughts on this game before we move on to the NFC East divisional matchup? I'm going to give a teaser leg for each Thanksgiving, a three-team tease. You know, I don't usually do these. This is th Thanksgiving slates, one of the few action slates I play. So I play a three-game, a three-game, ten-point teaser every year. I'm going to take the Lions as the first leg of my teaser. There we go. Let's turn to the Washington Commanders at the Dallas Cowboys. Another high game total, 48 and a half, with most of the scoring projected to come from Dallas. They are 11-point favorites in this matchup. We at least in this game, fortunately, once again, we have two healthy quarterbacks. We've got Sam Howell going on the road against Dak Prescott. Howell was taking sacks at a truly historic late earlier in the season and has since slowed down the pace. He's going to need to keep that pace slowed against the Cowboys front. Ryan, what are you looking at here from Sam Howell and company? I mean, a bit of a bounce back spot for Washington's offense. Potentially that's their best path to sticking in this game. My primary concern is Dallas's pass rush has a massive trench advantage in this matchup against Washington. Howell could be, you know, could take another five sacks. He could get, he could get back on that league record setting pace in this matchup. But you know, if you can, if you can give him any kind of time, the, the commanders have a pretty decent group of skill players and you can get Dallas in certain situations. So I'm very curious to see if Jordan likes the commander's wide receiver. He put Romeo Dobbs in my lineup already. I'm looking for the commander's component right now. 
Jordan, talk to us. So for me, with the Washington uh, side of things, you're, you're going to get a lot of cover one, and you're going to get a lot of cover four from this Dallas team when they get the lead. Um, you're going to want them to keep this competitive for these pass catchers to operate as a better group because um, for me, when you get – Cover one coverage, it's man across the board. And I'm not saying that the commanders have plus matchups, but they have the talent at the receiver position to separate from these Dallas cornerbacks. Um, Deron Bland has been phenomenal. If you're not aware, he has six interceptions and he's one away from breaking the record for uh, most interceptions for touchdowns in a single season. We, we've got a long way to go. And I believe they've got some bad matchups on the way where this is one where he can kind of get that done. But for me, the pass catcher that I have most interest in is Terry McLaurin. Um, he's their best receiver, and I know you're fighting fire with fire here, but Dallas, they're gonna they're gonna get after Howell, and it's gonna have to be him extending plays, and the player that gets open the most is gonna be McLaurin in this matchup. Let's now turn to the Dallas side of things. Commanders had their big fire sale recently. Uh, the defensive line that was a strength is no longer. Ryan, I assume we we should be very in on uh, Dak Prescott's passing attack here. Yeah, I mean Dallas has been pass centric for a while. That over the last four or five games, Prescott's put himself into the MVP conversation. And you know, after what we saw Tommy DeVito do to this Commander secondary last week, literally 400 yards and multiple touchdowns is on the table here for Dak Prescott. Uh, offensive line should be able to mitigate. The the Commanders still have a very good interior defensive duo and Allen and Payne. They traded their edge rush, like you said, sweats in Chicago, and like we'll talk about soon, Jordan, Chase Young's in San Francisco, which probably shouldn't have been allowed to happen. Commissioner Goodell probably should have stepped in in, in for that one. But uh, (laughs) but Dallas is in position to mitigate their pass rush. Um, Tony Pollard struggled all year. Maybe if you're in a positive game script, he sees enough volume to hit here, but I, I really like Dak Prescott and the Cowboys passing it back here. Yeah, like that. The first thing I thought, wasn't it like Nike and Adidas or something? Or was it Adidas and Reebok tried to, to merge and then it got shut down and they said, you know what, that, that's just too much market share at once. I, that, something like that probably should have happened with the Niners. We'll talk about them shortly. Jordan, I assume Dak Prescott's going to be one of the featured quarterbacks for our DFS stacks. Assuming that's the case, who, who, who are we, we double stacking him with? Since I know double stacks are often very exciting and encouraged on these three game slates. Yeah, the, the double stack that I have a lot of interest in, obviously, we still have to monitor with C.D. Lamb. He believe he has an ankle injury that Jerry Jones is saying he's getting the thumbs up, but he did have an ankle injury last weekend against my, my Carolina Panthers. I had to watch that one. It wasn't a fun game to watch. But this commander's passing and defense, they've gone to his own heavy scheme since they lost Chase Young and Sweat. They're not playing as much man coverage because they that didn't work. Um, they've been a little bit better on that end, but the one thing they consistently give up is go routes, nine routes down the field. And I'm looking at two players that I think get you contrarian with your Dak lineup and also pair well with the idea of, you know, CD Land or Dak Prescott and the Cowboys getting it going. It's Michael Gallup and Jalen Tolbert. Both of these guys are kind of splitting work right now. Um, they're both seeing the field on like 40 to 42% of the routes. And both of them are the guys that run down the field to kind of clear out CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, to working these crossers, underneath type of stuff. Michael Gallup's been more frequently targeted and actually has a 21% total target share of these nine routes. So 
for my DAC lineups, I, I like Michael Gallup to get one in this game and to get one deep down the field. I like that there. Speaking of the Cowboys receivers, well, we're an underdog fantasy. We've already got our Jordan Love higher. We're going to follow that up with a Brandon Cooks higher than 34 and a half receiving yards. This line is so, so low. He has been higher in four of his past five games. He's an every down player and one of the NFL's best pass attacks. He's going up against the commanders. 20 wide receivers have been higher than this number through 11 games. That's nearly two per game. But if we look at the past four games since they began clearing house on defense, at least two wide receivers have reached that mark in every single game against them. I think it's going to be CeeDee Lamb. I think it's going to be Brandon Cooks. And uh, Jordan thinks it might be someone like Michael Gallup as well. We're going to take Brandon Cooks higher than 34 and a half receiving yards. As Ryan said pre-show, I wouldn't be surprised if he doubles or triples it. Guys, any final thoughts before we move on? to the night game. Yeah, I love the Brandon Cooks line. I, I think this is a game where, again, I like Gallup from a DFS perspective. He's a very cheap option. He's 800 cheaper than Cooks, and one catch for 45 yards and a touchdown can make or break you on this type of slate. I, I have two comments. First, my teaser, I would like to take Washington, but since Dallas can absolutely obliterate them in two phases, passing attack against the commander's secondary and that pass rush against Sam Howell, I'm just gonna I'm gonna play it safe and, and stick with Dallas to essentially win this game in the teaser. And for you DFS players, I'll say this: I'm not gonna play Jalen Tolbert because I'm not a big Jalen Tolbert guy. He's exactly the kind of guy who would mess mess up my world on Thanksgiving. So if Jordan likes him, you should definitely put him in your player pool. Folks, we're gonna move on to the third game of the Thanksgiving slate, and then we will quickly touch on that Black Friday game. And just a note for everyone out there that thinks the NFL is rigged: the NFL is not rigged, but one thing we know for certain is that Roger Goodell hates the AFC because we have our third NFC exclusive. We're moving. So first we, we go NFC North, then we hit the NFC East. Now we are hitting the NFC West for the third night game on Thanksgiving. It is the San Francisco 49ers traveling slightly up north to the Seattle Seahawks. Game total of this one's the lowest of the three at 43 Right now, the spread is the closest among these three games as well at plus six and a half for the Seahawks. So still thinking uh, the betters out there that the Seahawks still lose by a touchdown. The The first thing of note here, uh, Drew Locke is probably the starting quarterback for the Seahawks. There has been very little clarity on the Geno Smith triceps injury. We know we can't trust Pete Carroll with any kind of reporting on this. And I'd, I'd be pretty surprised if they rush him back on four days rest. Ryan, let's hit the, the Niners side first, though, the more exciting side. Yeah, I think it's time for Brock Purdy and company to smash once again. I mean, they just have so many different ways they can beat you. Uh, offensively, Seattle's pass rush isn't exactly a big-time pass rush, so they should be clean there. Their secondary is good. I'd even say Seattle's defense has outplayed their offense over the last month and a half, so familiarity with the division. I could see this being where the 49ers offense maybe just hits expectations right around 24 points or so. But again, you know, one of the things for me with San Francisco is technically anyone can have a good game. So I'm very curious to see what Jordan has to say about the 49ers offense. Jordan, are we going to have some Brock Purdy in our quarterback pool? And if so, who are we stacking him with? So you should you should have interest in Brock Purdy. And and the biggest thing that comes with it is Kyle Shanahan seems to love to to pull out his trick plays here against Seattle. I don't know if you guys remember the play last year to George Kittle, but it was like a motion to Debo 
Brock Purdy pumps one way, pumps the other way, and then Kittle up the seam for like a 45-yard touchdown. Um, 49ers can beat you in any way. It just depends on how Seattle wants to approach this game. I think it's a cover three situation because you just, you gotta, you can't stop. Um, you have to stop McCaffrey. And 49ers also enjoy teams going cover three because that's the shit the cover Shanahan loves to kill. And he doesn't care to bring a third receiver on the field. He likes bringing Kyle Juszczyk. He likes bringing a second tight end just to help this run game. And as a result, he gets Ayuk or Debo outside one-on-one. And Ayuk this year has been so dominant against that coverage. Last week, I touted Brandon Ayuk because of Tampa Bay's usage of cover three. Ayuk had 150. It's a similar scheme over in Seattle. They just have better corners to do it. Ayuk is someone that I would have to play with Brock Purdy personally. Um, that's This is the type of matchup that he gets it done. And then I have a lot of interest in George Kittle. He's just getting more and more usage every single week. He's finally healthy towards these months. Like this is usually when we see kind of Kittle get banged up and pop up in the injury report. He's been as healthy as I've ever seen him. And he's been performing at that level. Debo Samuel has been a guy for me that I don't mind stacking him. But you, again, you need that trick play. You need that screen pass. You need things to go right for him to explode. Um, but it, for me, I think the biggest stance that I'll probably have this weekend is probably not playing Bra- or Christian McCaffrey, who's going to be 50 to 60% played. I like that. And the betting marks have actually taken notice. Kittle's props have been in the 30s most of this year. They have now crested 50 receiving yards, taking note that uh, Kittle's having himself uh, quite a fine campaign. Ryan, let's turn to the other side. We're going to hold our nose, and we're going to talk about this uh, Seahawks offense with Drew Locke at the helm. What, what do you have for us? Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been pretty bad for the last six weeks. They've been 3-3 three and three over the last six weeks. I think they're going to drop four in a row now, Seattle, actually. They're going to free fall. And the idea of Drew Locke facing this pass rush is just, that's not good. I know I'm playing the 49ers defense in the majority of my 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 teams that I'll play this week for that reason. Uh, very little optimism. I could see it being a good spot for Charbonnet, given the check down, try to mitigate that pass rush. But otherwise, I have little to no confidence in Seattle's offense. I, uh, I agree there. Uh, Jordan, I assume Drew Locke will not be a major part of our quarterback pool. Correct me if I'm wrong. And if so, what are the the Seahawks one-offs that we are legally allowed to play against this terrifying Niners defense? Yeah, I, I think the fact that Chase Young is here and the impact that he's made in just two weeks, seeing it, seeing him and Bosa run the same moves on the opposite sides of the field and get to the quarterback at the same time. Uh, look at that Trevor Lawrence play. It was ridiculous. Um, this is a matchup where... DK Metcalf still in play for me. And the biggest reason is, is Drew Locke's going to throw it up. Drew, Drew Locke has a big arm. Drew Locke can throw the football very, very far. Hopefully getting all the first team reps will kind of build him some type of chemistry. It worries me about Tyler Lockett and JSN, who are guys that you, you kind of need to throw in rhythm. But a guy like DK Metcalf, if you remember, Jordan Addison killed the uh, 49ers defense and it was basically because he outmuscled the guy. Uh, he's not he's not exactly big to do it, but he was capable of getting it done. Um, this is a matchup where DK Metcalf just down the field. It, it only takes one play for him. Um, he's been wanting the ball, and Gino and him have had a very bad season together. 
because when DK gets open, Gino doesn't find him, and when he's when he's covered, Gino forces it to him, and uh, DK has been visibly frustrated uh, on the field all year. So I think Drew Locke's just going to throw to him, trust his guy. I don't have much interest in Sharp just because, from a DFS perspective, because of the fact that 49ers aren't blitzing anymore. They're they're rushing four, and you have Fred Warner back there, who's now not getting any offense linemen to him because of Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave eating up blocks. And then you got a double team Bosa or uh, Chase Young. And as a result, they're just free flowing and flying around the football. And this is a matchup divisional game. They're going to be coming down. I wish you could play two defenses uh, this weekend. I wish I could just play the Cowboys and the Seahawks at their prices and just take the, uh, the points added there. I like that. And folks, Fred Warner, that is 33rd team co-worker. Fred Warner. Make sure you're checking out the Warner house. It is Fred and his wife, Sydney, talking shop each and every week. That is on the 33rd team YouTube. If you are a Niners fan, if you're a fan of Fred Warner, you're probably going to enjoy that show. But what you probably won't enjoy is the final higher, lower pick for our entry. We started off with the crowd pleasers, the Jordan Love higher. Then we, we go to the Brandon Cooks higher for this one. I am going to take Christian McCaffrey lower, lower, lower than 74 and a half rushing yards. To begin with, that's an incredibly high number for any running back. McCaffrey on Sunday just had 21 carries and five receptions. That's 26 touches. He's now playing four days later. He only weighs 200 pounds. The Seattle Seahawks have allowed under four yards per carry to running backs this year. It's one of the better marks. But that's mostly because of their game against Baltimore. When the Ravens running backs ran for 230 yards at eight and a half yards per carry. Now I know it's bad to just pluck out the good game, but I, I think if we, if we take that game out, the other nine games, the Seahawks have allowed just 3.2 yards per carry to running backs that would rank last in the NFL. Now I, I understand that the Niners have one of the better running attacks, but I think it shows that the, the Seahawks have been quite dominant there specifically on defense and have struggled against passing games. This is an incredibly high number to begin with. McCaffrey needing 75 rushing yards and him just having 26 touches on Sunday. This is the scary one, but this is how we will complete our underdog pick him entry. Jordan Love, higher than 33 and a half passing attempts. Bernie Cooks, higher than 34 and a half receiving yards. And Christian McCaffrey, lower than 74 and a half rushing yards. Underdog Fantasy, promo code 33rd if you're a new user. Gets you the 100% deposit match up to $100. It keeps Jordan Vanek employed. It keeps Ryan Reynolds happy. It keeps me employed as well. Ryan, let's hear your teaser before we hit this Black Friday game. You know, I don't want to do three favorites, but I think that's the move here. You're going to get the 49ers at plus three and a half for the 10-point teaser. I, it's actually my favorite leg of the group because even if they lose, I think it's I think it's short. Going to make two quick com- – actually, a comment and a question here. With you all the way with DK Metcalf Jordan, I think that's he's going to get you know two or three deep shots against this team. That's pretty much their recipe for success here. A special teams or a defensive touchdown, big play from DK Metcalf. If they're going to stick in this game, I think that's how. And I want to ask you this question, Jordan, because last year when we first met, we were both very big on the Tyreek Hill Jalen Waddle element. You know, that's like a very very rare duo. Is Nick Bosa and Chase Young the the, the pass rush version of that where this Ooh. kind of combination is is kind of like i don't want to say unprecedented i think that's a little aggressive but i think it's close from a 
from a systematic fit and what they've built yeah that's a that's a very good uh comparison because they got the interior too like right they didn't have the interior defense line this this wouldn't be the case but from a physique standpoint i mean bosa and they've already played together They, they they used to time each other getting to the quarterback in college like they, right. <laughs> they would have back and forths on that and chase young he just he fits so easily like Does. i think he has what three sacks already with the 49ers yeah. which is yeah. insane yeah. it's this it it's one of the best defensive moves or yeah sorry two they have two but regardless one of the best defensive moves we've seen um during a season one of the star players who's forgotten just because of injuries and stuff now he's playing one-on-one and that's right. just not not going to be fair What's also not fair might be the the Black Friday game that we get because, again, we're getting deprived of Aaron Rodgers. This was shaping up to be such an incredible game. Now it is a little bit lesser. We have the Miami Dolphins traveling to New York to face the Jets. Game total for this one's much lower than the ones on the Thanksgiving three-game slate at 41. The Jets are 10-point home underdogs. Thank you for that, Tim Boyle. We'll get to you shortly. Well, we'll start on a positive note, though. Uh, Ryan, this, this Dolphins offense—it's—it's uh, it's been a little shaky in recent weeks. What, what do they need to do to get back on track? You know, they're, they're a rhythm offense, so that's that's the primary thing when they're on schedule and things work. I think the Jets are one of the tougher opponents in the league in that in that sense because they're going to be able to pressure them, and they have one of the better cornerback groups in the league too. So, one thing I'm looking for here is. The Jets have struggled against running backs in the passing game. Very curious to see which Dolphin gets the workload there. But with A-Chain possibly sitting out, I'm thinking that's Mostert. I like that call there. Jordan, who is the the pass catcher or pass catchers of interest if we're playing this game on showdown? Jalen Waddle. I I think he's the key to unlocking it personally. Um, The Jets' coverage... Look, they, against the Bills, they just tried to fight him, it felt like. Like, the whole game was about being chippy after the play, getting in Stefan Diggs' face and trying to, like, out-tough them um, mm-hmm. against the Dolphins. Like, I feel like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle just don't care about those kind of things. They they don't operate that way. Like, Tyreek Hill probably talks trash, but, like, he doesn't, it doesn't fuel him anymore. Like, he's just going to be the most unguardable player on the planet. I mean, right now, Mike McDaniel just kind of needs to add little things and get the little things right right now. I, I feel like the offense has relied on a, on a basic formation, a basic or from his point of view all season, and teams have kind of found a counter to it. They got to attack the middle of the field from a rushing perspective. They, they haven't been doing that. They've only been running outside plays, and teams are just not allowing it to happen. Um, they faced some pretty good defense in recent weeks, which – attest to it but this is another Jets defense that is very good that's the only path that they have of staying in this game but for me if Jalen Waddle gets going you could see Miami roll this team by 20 plus points let's now turn to the Jets side of things Tim Boyle starting at quarterback Ryan and I did the waiver wire show earlier today and I detailed just how bad Tim Boyle has been at the college level and at the NFL level one of the few quarterbacks that's probably a downgrade if anything from Zach Wilson Ryan, what should we expect here when, unfortunately, we we will have to watch probably 20 to 25 minutes of the Jets on offense? 
Yeah, I, uh, we said it on the waiver wire show. I don't understand why Tim Boyle's starting an NFL game. It would not surprise me if he didn't finish this one. You know, when when Trevor Simeon gets called on as a long reliever, I think that's very much in play here. And for Miami, their defense has been slowly ascending. Vic Fangio's scheme is starting to work more. They're, they have a quality pass rush that could be problematic in this game. I think this is a, a, another step for the Dolphins' defense to become more of a factor because they basically carried their win against the Raiders last week. Yeah. Ryan, I have to say that's going to be one of the, my favorite quotes of the week is Trevor Simeon in the long reliever role. We're going cross sport for this one. I love it. Jordan, we, we might have to play some jets and showdown in this game. Legally, you have to play at least one. Uh, who should we play then? Breeze Hall and Garrett Wilson should just get a ton of targets. That's kind of what you're hoping for. Um, the, Punt returner they have, I think it's Gibson. I don't know if he is. I don't know if he got hurt. G- Gibson. It's a it's a Gip- P actually. Yeah. Gibson. Got it. He would be another guy that I'm interested in just because of throw the screen. Hopefully he breaks it. Like that's kind of the way that I'll approach it from a showdown perspective. But I know you guys just talked about Vic Fangio's defense. Jalen Ramsey is playing one of the best. Like he's been playing like the best corner in football right now. Um, two interceptions in three games or three interceptions in three games, actually. And he could have had more. Uh, there's been plays from a film perspective that he's caused the sack because he jumps the other route instead of playing the guy he's supposed to be playing at the moment. He jumps the underneath stuff. Mac Jones, it, it happened against him three times or four times. And then he just stopped looking to his side of the field. But then you go to the other side of the field and it's Xavier and Howard. If you if people are wondering why Miami's offense or defense has looked extremely well, it's because they finally have the pieces to run it. Against the Eagles, they had three different three corners in completely different positions. Cater Kohu was guarding AJ Brown at wide. Cater Kohu is not a uh, boundary corner; he's a slot corner. And he's one of the best in the league at it. Um, he's finally now inside again. I can't wait to see what this defense does going forward that the they've been carrying the offense. Um, they should have beaten the chiefs just off of their defensive play. Obviously the chiefs offense isn't what it used to be, but still Patrick Mahomes, it's still Travis Kelsey. And they didn't even, they played off on offense and still were in that game. Um, and it's credit to that defense. So again, I think you could go defense captain in this one. I, I think, uh, Jalen Ramsey can score. Uh, he promised Mike McDaniel a uh, a touchdown in his first game, and he picked it off and got to the three. And Mike McDaniel t- was upset that he he didn't score. He, he told him it was going to be a pick six, not a pick three, because Mike McDaniel was unable to uh, score a touchdown in that drive. I like it. Folks, that's the Black Friday game. Before we get you out of here with uh, Jordan and Ryan's picks for which underdog will cause the upset among these four games, all the work that the three of us are doing is on the33rdteam.com. Make sure that you're checking out Ryan at Ryan Reynolds NFL on Twitter. His power rankings, his matchups, previews, picks and predictions for each game, what he's betting on for every single game. All that comes out throughout the week. And Jordan, his main slate DFS piece comes out every single weekend, letting you know the stacks to target exactly what his player pool is going to look like. And make sure that you're following him to keep getting updates on how he's viewing this little mini Thanksgiving slate. He'll be writing up an article for it. We'll have uh, tons of Q&A time in the the Discord throughout this week. So that Discord is free. It's linked in all our articles. 
If you want to ask fantasy start sits, if you want to ask Jordan some DFS thoughts, if you have some betting questions for Ryan or myself, if you have matchups questions for Ryan, whatever you might have, it's all going to be in that Discord. Guys, let's let's close it out. Uh, Jordan, tell me which underdog is going to cause the upset out of these four. Since right now we're looking at four games where the favorite is at least a touchdown favorite. If if I had to say which of these teams has the best chance to upset, I, I think it's the Washington Commanders. And they're the biggest underdog of the group. But we've seen this team fight against the Philadelphia Eagles, push them to overtime, um, push them in the second game. They played them as well. Obviously, some injuries, some nuanced things there. But in this, the Dallas Cowboys obviously are a great team. We've seen them underperform in a ton of matchups. Um, this is a spot for me where Dallas could give up some of these big plays to Howell, who's dropping back and just throwing the ball. And a hey, ball bounces one way, tips off of hands for Dak Prescott to throw a pick, and Washington uh, can end up winning this one. He's Jordan Vanek. I'm Josh Larkey. We're sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. We all work for the 33rd team. Which underdog causes the upset? People don't want to hear this, Josh, but no underdog causes an upset this Thursday and Friday.